here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin. I am uh, the afternoon host on WMAL in Washington, D.C., which is the home of Mark Levin. So like you, every day when I finish my program, uh, which finishes right now or six minutes ago, uh, I can't wait to hear the great one begin his program so I can hear everything that I got wrong. Uh, So uh, I hope that you are going to stick with us for the next three hours because we've got so much to get to in what's happening in this country and around this world. But I don't want to go any further until I mention Mark's dad's book that is out on October 30th. It's called Our Police by Jack Levin. It is uh, beautifully written. And uh, if you've seen uh, Mark's dad's other books, I, the one I remember vividly is the Washington Crossing, the Delaware book. It's uh, phenomenal. Um, so beautifully written and colorful. And it's and it's specific for your children, your grandchildren. The police are under assault every day in this country. And uh, we need to tell them the real story about the heroes who walk amongst us. So please pre-order your copy of that book at Amazon right now. It's Our Police by Jack Levin. And when you see it on Amazon, you'll see the beautiful drawings and renderings in it. It's fantastic. And uh, please do that. Uh, I want to get right now to, uh, well, something that's somewhat existential in our nation right now. As a once proud and historic political party has really boiled down to a mob marching in the streets, uh, disrupting the the norms of our society, disrupting our government, as we saw in the judicial hearings for Brett Kavanaugh, screaming in the middle of the, even before they came up with the bogus charges of sexual assault against Judge Kavanaugh, they were screaming in the audience of the Judiciary Committee hearings that the senators themselves, Kamala Harris and and uh, uh, Cory Booker were beclowning themselves with community organizing tactics after the official vote in the Senate when Brett Kavanaugh was sworn in as a judge at the Supreme Court. We saw them take to the streets, screaming, pounding on the doors of the Supreme Court. And today, the narrative from the media, the narrative from the Democrats, the narrative from CNN, of all places, and The Washington Post is that we are the problem. You and I, normative American citizens who don't want to be associated with screaming, violent thugs in the streets, disrupting people's dinners in a restaurant, uh, screaming obscenities to people because they happen to work for the Trump administration or happen to vote the wrong way from their perspective, because we normative Americans don't want to accept that as part of the American political dialogue, because we dare to call people screaming at the streets, stopping traffic and creating a violent riot in our towns because we dare to call them a mob. We are the problem. We are the problem. Well, no, I'm sorry. The mob is the problem. And I would like to hear from you at 877-381-3811 as I lay out this remarkable attempt to 
bastardize the American language and tell us that the mob is not the mob. And this is a full court press from The Washington Post and CNN. Two different hosts yesterday went out of their way to try to chastise people for using the term mob with referring to what can only be described as a mob. As I lay this out for you and explain exactly how we got here from there and why the left is doing this, why they're trying to stop us from calling these thugs uh, the mob that they are, I want to hear from you. At 877-381-3811, what are you now ready to do to keep the mob from taking power? Because make no mistake, this is all about political power. We heard from Hillary Clinton yesterday in her interview with Christiane Amanpour where she said, we can only regain civility if the Democrats win the House and the Senate. She's basically saying no justice, no peace. No victory in November, no peace. Nice little town you got there. Be a shame if anything happened to it. You better vote for the Democrats or we're going to burn this thing down. So what are you willing to do to stop the mob from taking power? 877-381-3811, because we have an incredibly important election coming up in 27 days. Four weeks from today, four weeks from right now, this moment, when you tune in to hear the great one, Mark Levin, on the Mark Levin Show, he will be discussing whether we are about to embark upon two years of a Democrat-controlled House of Representatives, which will inevitably mean uh, investigations, impeachment of not just President Trump, but probably Justice Kavanaugh. Or if uh, Mark Levin might be talking about the remarkable historic victory of the Republican Party in maintaining majorities in the House and the Senate. Which story will we hear four weeks from tonight? It really depends on you, and it depends on what you are willing to do, because right now I have seen Republican voters in my town of Washington, D.C., and yes, there are Republicans in Washington and in the greater Washington area, but all across this country, I have seen Republicans motivated and energized and ready to walk across broken glass to get to the ballot box. And that's important, but it's not everything. The only way that Hillary Clinton lost the election in 2016 is because people not just voted, but they told their friends to vote. They told their family members to vote. They made sure that they became part of the message. And they said, we can't let her win. We can't let her pick Supreme Court justices. We can't let her be the commander in chief. Look at who she is. Look at what she thinks of us. Look at her history. That's what happened two years ago next month. That's how you win elections when you're up against the mainstream media, when you're up against Hollywood, when you're up against television and music and the universities and the news media. That's how you win. You have to tell your friends and your family, we can't let this happen. So are you ready now? Are you ready? Because they just showed you over the weekend and over the past two weeks how they're going to govern. The Democrats want all of those People who were screaming in the streets and screaming, disrupting the operations of the United States Senate. They want to take them from the streets. They want to take them from the gallery, screaming at Vice President Pence, trying to conduct a vote in the United States Senate. And they want to put them down on the floor of the Senate, down on the floor of the House. They want to hand a gavel to them and let them be in charge for the next two years. What are you willing to do to stop it? 877 3811. It started yesterday on CNN. Well, actually, forgive me. It started 
early in the morning yesterday in the Washington Post. These things happen, and they're all coordinated. Have you noticed that? The Washington Post writes an op-ed talking about how Trump is using coded language when he refers to Democrats as the mob. Talking about how this is a dog whistle, how the mob isn't really a mob. And then Matt Lewis, a writer at the Daily Beast, he's a never-Trump Republican. I was about to call him Republican, but he actually, I think, is no longer identifying as Republican. Uh, But he used to be a Republican. He used to write at the Daily Caller. Now he's switched to the Daily Beast. I think that's what happens when you go from being a Republican to a non-Republican. You switch Daily Caller to Daily Beast. uh, But he's a good guy, and I've known Matt for a while. He's on with Brooke Baldwin. Mary Catherine Hamm, friend of mine, also a never-Trump Republican. She has not renounced the Republican name. She writes at The Federalist. She's also on. They're both paid CNN contributors. And they're talking about the incivility that we're seeing in this country, and we're talking about the violent protests that we saw in the streets after the Kavanaugh hearing. But frankly, the violence we've seen for the last two years, since the middle of the 2016 election, the things that we saw against Trump voters at Trump rallies that were instigated by the left, the things that we saw, remember the Antifa people? following the Trump motorcade into a hotel and hopping over the freeway barricades to get into the hotel where he was having a fundraiser? Do you remember the mobs on the campuses of UC Berkeley and other places across this country when Ben Shapiro, of all people, shows up to give a speech? You know, a little mild-mannered Ben Shapiro is causing a bonfire. Only bonfire Ben Shapiro's ever been around involved marshmallows and s'mores. That... In the immortal words of Billy Joel, we didn't start this fire. The left has been doing this for the last two years, and now they're disrupting us when we go to dinner. We've got Maxine Waters telling people to get in our faces and disrupt us wherever we go. So Brooke Baldwin hosts these two never-Trumpers to talk about what's going on, and listen to how it went. When you see people like Ted Cruz getting chased out of restaurants by a mob. Oh, when you see, you're when not you, going to use the mob I will, word oh, here. Oh, it's, it's totally a mob. It is without a there's doubt. I mean, it's, it's, there's no other word Matt. for it. It's a, go watch it. Put up the a video. Mob, of Ted. Stop, stop. A Put mob, up the video. A mob is what we saw in Charlottesville, Virginia, two Augusts ago. Oh, isn't that delightful? She was so ready for that, by the way. Did you hear how she jumped right on it? You know, when you go on television, you often deliver your talking points ahead of time. You say, yeah, you know, I go on uh, Fox a lot. I'm on with Tucker Carlson and Shannon Bream a lot, uh, Stuart Varney. And they always say, you know, what's your point of view? Give us a couple of lines. So the host knows what's going to happen. And she was ready for the mob word, right? She jumped right on it. And then she had her rejoinder. She had her one rejoinder. Well, we saw a mob in Charlottesville. I mean, honestly, if, if Matt had been a little less politically correct, he could have easily immediately said, well, now, which mob is that? Are you talking about the white nationalist racist mob, which was a mob, or the Antifa mob, which was also a mob? I remember two mobs in Charlottesville. Uh, But he did not do that. The way the media reports on these things, though, you know, they all whenever there's a protest from the left, uh, my friend Chris Plant, who is also a radio host, national radio host, he uh, he pointed out that uh, they always report these as mostly peaceful in the mostly peaceful protest. It's always a, a left wing protest that's described as mostly peaceful in the mostly peaceful protests of da 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 in the mostly peaceful protests on uh, the campus of UC Berkeley in the mostly peaceful protests following the inauguration of Donald Trump in the mo- if they're mostly peaceful, that means they're a little bit violent, right? Right. I mean, that just by definition, if you're mostly peaceful, it means you're not entirely peaceful. And that means 
you're actually a little bit non-peaceful or violent. So, I mean, maybe Matt Lewis would have said, well, yeah, we did have that poor woman lose her life down in Charlottesville. But, you know, the protests were mostly peaceful. That was a mostly peaceful mob in Charlottesville. But I don't think Brooke Baldwin would have taken it the right way because listen to how the conversation continued. A mob is both. not what we saw chasing. I'm what not about, saying what, what they the did people, was right. What about the people who were at the Supreme Court banging on the walls? What do you mobbing. call that? Civil protest? Or is that a mob? I think it's easily a mob. Yeah, and if it were Tea Partiers, we'd call it a mob for sure. Come on, let's be serious. Yeah, so that's Mary Catherine Hamm jumping in there. And and by the way, at this point, it's a visual. Brooke Baldwin actually puts her head down because she can't respond. Because she didn't think she, didn't think she was going to get pushed back. She didn't have another rejoinder. The only one she had prepared was the Charlottesville sign, the one. Uh, and then she goes on to say, uh, if you can play that uh, real fast, Richard. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me move past the M word because I do feel like that is part of the, the weaponization of, of what's happening now uh, on the right. The M word and the weaponization of it. That's right. The M word is mob. And he, she now says, and she's not the only one, says that Republicans, people on the right, Trump is weaponizing that word against Democrats, against the left. You know, by calling a mob a mob, that's weaponizing the word mob. Well, she's partly right, actually. In a moment, I'm going to actually play some audio from President Trump at a rally where he first raised this issue. And uh, and, and she's partly right in this sense. The word is being weaponized insofar that it is properly describing exactly what's happening in American politics today. And it's being weaponized in such a way that it is devastatingly effective against the Democrats. That's why CNN doesn't want the word used. That's why the Washington Post doesn't want the word used. That's why, next thing we know, Facebook will start uh, silencing you if you uh, take to your own social media and start calling a mob a mob. Because it's correct and it's working. Because no normative American wants to vote for the mob party and put them into power. President Trump, in a brilliant, brilliant line in his rally Saturday night, laid this out. I'm going to play that for you in a moment and show you exactly what's happening here, why it's happening. And we're going to hear from you at 877-381-3811. We cannot let the mob take control of our Congress. So what are you prepared to do between now and Election Day to keep that from happening? I'm Larry O'Connor. In for the great one, it's the Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin. I'm Larry O'Connor. In for the great one, Mark Levin. And the media, the left... The liberals, the Democrats, they don't want you to use the term mob when describing their mob tactics. Stopping traffic, uh, marching in the streets, clawing at the door of the Supreme Court, screaming with a bullhorn on your front door, invading private property of a restaurant, disrupting people while they're trying to have dinner. Uh, No justice, no peace was what I've heard from them in the past. And you heard Hillary Clinton say we can't have civility until the Democrats take the House and Senate back. There you go. That's the threat. So what are you going to do to stop them? Because if you don't do something between now and Election Day, 20 Seven days from now, that's exactly what will happen. The mob will be in charge. And here's the president Saturday night 
in his rally right after the vote confirming Brett Kavanaugh as the next Supreme Court justice. This was brilliant. Here's what he said. You don't hand matches to an arsonist and you don't give power to an angry left-wing mob. And that's what they've become. The Democrats have become too extreme and too dangerous to govern. Republicans believe in the rule of law, not the rule of the mob. There you go. That's it. And it, and when he said that Saturday, I'm telling you, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, the hierarchy of the Democratic Party in this town who exploit those people out on the street, who use them and harness them as their base. They saw the president say that and they thought to themselves, oh, crap. That's brilliant because normative Americans do not want to hand power over to those people that you're seeing in the streets. They're the dregs of our society. They don't deserve to be in charge of our House of Representatives in the United States Senate. That's the winning message, and that's why suddenly you can't call them a mob. So what do we do to stop this? Dan, in Las Vegas, Nevada, you're first up on the Mark Levin Show. Hey, how you doing today? I'm good, Dan, but I, I, we need to win. We're going to win. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm an independent. Uh, I started out in life uh, as a young 18-year-old. Uh, I joined the Army uh, right out of high school because... In my era, uh, Jimmy Carter was the president, and there wasn't a job to be had. Just like the Obama era. You couldn't find a job if uh, somebody paid you to find a job. You and we've one. turned that corner, Dan. I'm sorry I didn't give you enough time, but we'll try to get back to you in a moment. The rest of you, 877-381-3811. What are you willing to do to stop the mob from winning? Larry O'Connor on The Mark Levin Show. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. More logic than allowed by law. The Mark Levin Show. Call now at 877-381-3811. I'm Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin, today. I'm the Afternoon Drive host on WMAL in Washington, D.C. That's Mark Levin's station in Washington. And also, uh, you know, we're in uh, listening 
distance from the bunker. So uh, we like to say we're his hometown station as well. And uh, it's an honor, as always, to be in for Mark Levin. I want to remind you that uh, Mark's dad has a book coming out October 30th. It's Our Police by Jack Levin. It's a colorfully illustrated book for your children or your grandchildren. It talks about who our police are, all the different kinds of police, and uh, how important they are to law and order in this country and how important and uh, uh, deserving of admiration and honor they are. And it's sad that, uh, frankly, that this message needs to be sent to kids today. But you see what they're hearing about the cops every day in their uh, on the news and in their uh, their television shows and films and songs. And so thank God Jack Levin has put a pen to paper and made this book. You can pre-order it now over at Amazon. It's out October 30th, and it's a great gift, especially with the holidays coming up. Uh, I want to get back. You know, we need the police to rein in the mob right now. You know, I saw the protests in Washington over the weekend. We had the Capitol Hill police down there. They were rolling their eyes at all these screaming memes with uh, hairy armpits and purple hair screaming at the top of their lungs. One of them climbed up. I can't remember which justice it is, but there's a... Just, it may be Oliver Wendell Holmes, a, a statue of a justice out in front of the Supreme Court. One of them jumped up there and gave him a lap dance, you know, because she's a woke feminist or something. And uh, and they are a mob and they don't even want us to call them a mob. Uh, listen to the president again. Uh, Rofas, this was him at his rally on Saturday. You don't hand matches to an arsonist. And you don't give power to an angry left-wing mob, and that's what they've become. That's right. That is exactly what they've become. And he knows because he's seen Antifa and this angry left-wing mob mob since the middle of his campaign. Uh, They really, the leadership of the Democratic Party actually do believe that you are the most dangerous people in this country because you're calling them out. On their agenda, you're actually keeping them from power. And now they think that they can intimidate you. They actually think that they can bully their way into office by letting you know that if they don't win, you're going to see more violence in the streets. You'll see more protests in the streets. You'll see more disruption of our society. Eric Holder, who apparently wants to run for president, he was the attorney general under Barack Obama. Here he was at a campaign event in Georgia. Michelle always says, Michelle Obama, I love her, you know, she and my wife like really tight, um, which always scares me and Barack. <laughs> but Michelle always says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No. No. When they go low, we kick what this new Democratic Party is about. There you go. That's what, listen, it doesn't get any plainer than that. They're not shying away from it now. See, the Democrats, the leadership of the Democratic Party, they had two choices here. They could have been the grown-ups in the room, stepping forward and saying, as much as we disagree with President Trump and the Republicans and Justice Kavanaugh, and we opposed his uh, confirmation process, We, as a party, do not endorse or in any way support the activities that we're seeing right now, the disruption that we're seeing right now in our society. The Senate cannot function this way. Our government can't function this way. Our country can't function this way. They could have done that, but they didn't. 
they actually encourage it. They, this is their base. They have decided that there is more power aligning themselves with the mob right now than in condemning the mob. That's why all those protesters that were in the gallery of the Senate screaming during the vote or jumping up and creating their demonstrations during the committee hearings, they got there because members of the Senate gave them tickets to get in. They knew what was going to happen. They are accessories to the crime that we're seeing going on right now. And, and to make it even worse, instead of condemning the mob, they're condemning you for calling it a mob. That you're using coded language, that you're weaponizing the word against them. Well, hell yes, we are. You're lucky that's the only weapon <laughs> that's being used. We will weaponize that word. We will paint your party as the mob in the streets until you step up and condemn the mob. Only then can we actually have a civil conversation. In the meantime, if you're a mob, if you're endorsing the mob, if you're supporting the mob, then we will warn the rest of this country that if they vote for your party, they are empowering the mob. So election is 27 days away. When Mark Levin gets behind this microphone four weeks from tonight. Will he be talking about the majority Democrat Party and what the next two years will look like? Or will he be talking about the historic victory of the Republicans holding on to power? And make no mistake, anything less than the Democrats winning, even if they only win by one seat, anything less than that is history. A momentous victory for the Republicans and for President Trump. So what are we doing to stop that? Joyce, down in Florida, Ocala, Florida. Are, are you now, I don't know where Ocala is. Are you, are you near the hurricane, Joyce? I'm here. No, I'm, I'm okay. Um, right. I just have to say that these people are so disgusting, mean, and nasty. How are they teaching their children this and disrespecting the president of the United States, the cops, authority, I don't understand. Like, how do they do that? And are they happy about that, that they're teaching their children? I have three kids. I don't care how old they are, even if they were 50. Doing that in the streets, yeah. I, would ha I would flip out. That's Joyce, not what I taught them. I'll tell you, I think there's two aspects of this. First of all, I mean, you saw this with the kids in the high school that had the shooting last year down in your state where, you know, they almost immediately, they looked like they were media-trained professionals with the anti-gun, anti-Second Amendment narrative, and that didn't happen by accident. This is what they learn in school, in our public schools. They, they, they learn all of these talking points and tactics. They literally do. Um, but secondly, for those who are not so plugged in and so organized and so, uh, you know, uh, fed into the Alinsky tactics that we're seeing on the streets, Joyce, just for your average person who leans to the left, they've been told for the last two years that America just elected Adolf Hitler. They've been told for the last decades that the Republican Party is this close to being the Nazi party in this country. If they truly believe that the Nazis are in charge, it makes sense that they would protest the way they do, doesn't it? They're dividing the country. They yes, are. they are. Yes, it's they are. You're absolutely right, Joyce. Disgusting and disrespectful. All right. So what are you going to do to make sure that Rick Scott comes I'm to the U.S. Senate? I, I tell every, you know, my friends, my family, because everybody watches CNN and everything else, and they're so against him. I can't even believe that they're so against him. 
Fox News, everybody talks about that. But you know what? They tell the truth. They talk bad about him or good about him, but they tell the truth. Mostly. Tell them the truth. <laughs> Mostly, Joyce. All right, well, I hope that you're uh, energized out there. I hope you realize how important this is. I hope you do what you can to make sure that Rick Scott is a plus one for the Republicans down there in your state of Florida. I also hope you stay dry and safe. How about uh, Peggy, also in Florida? St. Petersburg is kind of close to the action there. Peggy, you are next up on the Mark Levin Show. Yes, I, I am. And, oh, by the way... Let me tell you something. Let me tell the world something. The first time I seen Donald Trump, 16 people beside him, my husband didn't believe me when I said, you are looking at our nominee. He goes, oh, my God, do you think so? I said, no, I don't think so. I said, I, I know so. Kind of like I knew, and, and nobody believed me when I said the Bucks were going to win the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> nobody believed that the Bucks, and I don't watch football. I don't watch football. But I watched the stats, and I watched those men play a couple of times, and they wanted it so badly. Yeah. And when, the first time I seen Donald Trump on stage, and I heard him say what all of us were thinking, and this was just the preliminaries, 16 other people on stage. Peggy, you're a prophet. You're a prophet. It's no, amazing. I'm not, I'm not a prophet, but I, I, I do know what normal, every average day American women think. And when I heard that man speak, he was speaking exactly what the rest of us were thinking. Only he was saying it. He was saying it. Oh, and by the way, Rick Scott will win. Ron DeSantis will win. They will win. All right, Peggy. No, America is fed up. We are fed up with you more than you will ever know with you and your piece of crap. <laughs> Peggy, thank you for watching your language, and thank you for that passion, and thank you for the call. It's hard sometimes. Trust me, i got to pause myself in the middle of certain phrases. <laughs> Peggy is ready in St. Petersburg. Are you ready? Uh, Dan, let's get back to Dan in Las Vegas. I uh, had to cut him off. He's an Army vet. By the way, I should ask, since Peggy knows who's going to win the games, Dan, I'm going to be in Vegas. I, I fly out there tomorrow. I should have uh, gotten a couple of hot tips from her before I, I came out to your town. <laughs> well, I tell you what I'm going to do in my family. We're voting straight Republican ticket. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's what's needed right now. And and it, it's sad. You know, honestly, Dan, I think most Americans, they don't necessarily just vote straight line party, this party or that party, like like in England or a parliamentary system. But in this case, this election isn't really about the candidates. It's about which party we're giving power to. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you cannot give. And, and Trump is right. President Trump is right when he said that you cannot give matches to an arsonist. You can't you know, you just. You just can't do that. I mean, these people are unhinged. They're not thinking rationally. Uh, God knows where they're coming from. And you, you can't have that. In a, in a civil society, you cannot have that. It's just it's just not. Uh, That's right, Dan. I don't, I don't think we Americans, I appreciate the call, and thanks for holding, Dan. And, I, and I'll see you this weekend out there in Vegas with my brothers. It's going to be, it's a scene, trust me. Every year my brothers meet me in Vegas, it's a scene. Uh, thanks, Dan. Uh, I don't think normative Americans... In watching what transpires here, which watching what happened with Brett Kavanaugh 
and the the solemn process, what used to be a solemn and dignified process of confirming a Supreme Court justice, what they saw the Democrats do and then what they saw the uh, their supporters, their base, the mob do in reaction during that entire process. And add to that what we saw them do to Sarah Huckabee Sanders in a restaurant, Ted Cruz, Senator Cruz in Texas from a restaurant, uh, plowing into a restaurant, screaming at her. The Secretary of Homeland Security, Kirsten Nielsen, disrupting her meal as well. Uh, and this is not the country that any of us want. God knows I have been disappointed and unhappy with the leadership of this country in times of my life, various times of my life. God knows I have been angry at Washington, D.C. and politicians who represent their own interests or the interests of people that I I am terrified of being in power. But I'm not going to join a mob. I'm not going to start a bonfire and a riot on a college campus because I don't want a person to give a speech. And I'm not going to plow into a restaurant disrupting people's meals and scream in the restaurant until the person leaves. No one wants to live in that country. So it's time to step up. It's time to actually put ourselves out there, be on record today. What are we committed to do? It's got to be more than voting. You know who's running. You know who's in your state, in your district. You know what needs to get done. So what are you going to do? 877-381-3811. I am Larry O'Connor. This is The Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin. Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin. And I got so fired up about this, about the Democrats, the media telling you you can't even call the mob the mob. I didn't even get to Don Lemon. Also on CNN last night, not the brightest bulb on the tree. Here he is again with Matt Lewis uh, debating this mob thing. Let's say Tea Party uh, protesters. Okay, that is a go better a example than, and, uh, than the other one would, you gave. Would we, be, would we be wringing our hands and, and clutching our pearls and saying, we can't call that a, you know, a mob, those are protests. No, that is mob behavior. How many times Matt, that Matt, Matt, Everybody stop, everybody stop. Been... Matt, we already did that. We yeah. already said they weren't mobs. We already they said that. <laughs> but then it continued. Poor Matt. Poor Matt. Just, he's just trying to say it's a mob. Go ahead. No, no, no. We already said that the Tea Party people, we went through this, in case no, you don't because remember. because the Tea Party people didn't hound people The Tea Party did hound people. The Tea Party people hounded me when I went out to cover them. And you know and what I that, said? It was their right to do it because they're Americans. Don, if they started following you around to restaurants and running you out of places okay. and and. I would say they're wrong because I'm not an elected official. It would be a mob. I'm not an elected official. If I put my name on a ballot and I won office... This is going to happen. Journalists are not public officials. They're not public servants. This is moronic on the verge of dangerous, actually, uh, to suggest and even encourage that, well, if you're a public official, then it's okay to follow people around and hound them and keep them from having any peace. Couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, And to draw an analogy to the Tea Party, which was nothing ever but perfectly peaceful, they would leave a place cleaner than when they found it because he's a journalist covering an authorized, organized rally 
that's not the same as people invading a restaurant and and screaming at them until they leave, or for that matter, a spontaneous march in the middle of a street where they stop traffic and disrupt people's lives. It's apples and oranges, and the fact that he doesn't even know that is terrifying. Uh, But I turn to the wise words of one Mark Levin, whose show this is, in fact, named for, since he is the everyday host of it. Uh, He has the day off, of course, but it didn't stop him from pushing back on Don Lemon. He took to his Facebook page, CNN's Don Lemon exemplifies the disastrous ignorance and ideological state of the modern media. Mark writes, no, the First Amendment does not protect your right to trespass onto a restaurant and harass someone, even a politician, at dinner. The First Amendment and the rest of the Bill of Rights protects the individual against the government. That includes due process and presumption of innocence, which Lemon and his leftist media ilk rejected in the Kavanaugh hearings. Well said, as always. Mark Levin. Jerry, El Segundo, California, listening on the great 870 KRLA. Love that station. Jerry, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. What are we going to do here to stop the mob from taking over? Well, as I told the screen, uh, as the caller, or the call, uh, screen caller, that, um, you know, when you get angry people, and I know this one from my mom, she's a shrink. People get angry, they do something. And in this case, it looks like they're going to be hitting the polls. And that is what scares me is, is the poll numbers are so heavy, 63% to... yeah, don't don't get distracted by the polls, Jerry. I hear what you're saying. Angry people are motivated, so they're going to vote. Well, guess what? We just got angry, too. We vote, and the polls, we know what they are. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Cotter in for Mark Levin, the great one, Mark Levin. I love the Mark Levin Show. I listen to it every day. He comes on right after my show. I'm on WMAL in Washington, D.C., the Mark Levin station in the nation's capital. I'm on from 3 to 6, and then he comes on right after me, and I love listening to that opening. It often makes me uh, giggle. I always think that when uh, someone like me, some, you know, Joe Nobody is in for Mark Levin, the great one. You know, he's the great one. We're the, uh, you know, mediocre ones. Uh, I always think that when we're in for him on his sub days, uh, the opening should say, he's not here. He's not here. 
but we've got somebody else in a different bunker or something like that. But but I, d- I doubt they'll take my advice on that. Uh, good to be here and great to be here, in fact. And I've got a lot to talk to you about in terms of uh, how the resistance is manifesting itself in our nation's capital. Two great articles today, terrific articles, that uh, from two completely different publications explaining exactly how the organized resistance left has been undermining this president since day one and continue to do so. And it's stuff you don't really see in the papers necessarily every day. It's just as insidious, if not as dangerous as the protests in the streets. I'm going to get to that in a moment, but first I want to tell you about Our Police. It's the brand new book by Mark's dad, Jack Levin. Now, it's out October 30th, but you can pre-order it now at Amazon. And it's about Our Police. It's meant for children and grandchildren who need to understand and have it reinforced in their lives how critically important and special and admirable the police are in our lives. And uh, if it's like any of Jack's other books, it's going to be a cherished possession and a fantastic uh, present, whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or if you're going to have a righteous Kwanzaa. I don't care what it is. You can order the books now and your children, your grandchildren are absolutely going to love it. And God knows they're not getting this message from the public schools uh, or from television these days. So uh, please uh, get Our Police. You can pre-order it at Amazon by Jack Levin. That's Mark's dad. And I know that the Levin family will appreciate that. Let's start with the Wall Street Journal. Uh, the headline in their editorial today, Ending the Nominations Blockade. Keep Democrats in D.C. until every pending nominee is confirmed. Now, I know Mark talks a lot about what Mitch McConnell has been able to do. Uh, listen, we have a lot of quarrels with Mitch McConnell as the majority leader in the Senate. But in one respect, he has done a, a yeoman's job, and that is in getting judicial nominees through. Uh, The president has done an incredible job with his advisors in nominating fantastic judges and in the cases of Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, two fantastic justices. And uh, as far as the Justice Department is concerned, or as far as the uh, judicial branch of our government, the Senate's been doing a pretty okay job in pushing through a lot of those nominees and a lot of those judges. They could do more, though. What is not discussed very often Especially because it's now almost two years into this administration. What often does not get the attention that the mainstream media should be giving it is that as of now, President Donald Trump has something like a hundred and I'm looking for the number within this article right now, something like a hundred and eighty nominations for for positions within his administration that have nothing to do with the judicial branch, have nothing to do with judges. We're talking about people in the State Department, people at the Pentagon that require confirmation by the United States Senate that are still sitting and still languishing without any action from the Senate. Much of it is because of the arcane rules of the Senate, which, as we know, Mitch McConnell can change right now today. And he has not. And this is the resistance. These are the Democrats. Chuck Schumer, he he said going into this administration that he was going to make every single appointment a fight to the death. And, And they would demand debate. They would demand the time needed for, I think it's something like every single nominee that requires Senate confirmation... 
uh, if they want to, if they want to hold up the works, they can put all of these roadblocks in that end up being like 70 hours of debate for each one. And, of course, the, the, in the past, they haven't done that. They've been deferential, and they've said, listen, every president deserves the right and opportunity and leeway to put people in place that he has put in place and, and selected to be put in place. That's called a deferential act. It's called respect for our American government. It's called a, a fundamental understanding that the executive branch of the United States federal government must be filled so that it can function. But the Democrats haven't allowed that to happen. Uh, let me read this uh, much of this editorial for you so you understand what we're talking about. Anyone seeking a mid-career sabbatical should seek a presidential nomination to a position that requires Senate confirmation. GOP Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is teeing up more votes this week, and the GOP needs to move fast because the glacial pace of staffing the government will slow to near zero if Democrats retake the Senate. It's, it's pretty close to zero now, guys. Mr. McConnell has filed cloture on three nominees, including two assistant attorneys general who have been in a rubber room for more than a year. Two assistant attorneys general have been waiting for their floor vote for nearly a year. Think about that. You want to know why the Justice Department has trouble functioning and doing things? Why they're spread a little thin? We can't we can't run a government this way. And the Democrats are supposed they're supposed to be all about running the government. They love the government. Why are they holding up this president and his nominations to fill basic functionary roles in the United States government in the executive branch? Politics. Because they still think Hillary should have won. And they're trying to make life a living hell for this president. They want dysfunction in the federal government so they can run in 2020 saying, look, he couldn't even run the government right. That's what they're trying to do. President Trump nominated Jeffrey Bossert Clark, says the Wall Street Journal editorial, to run the Environment and Natural Resources Division in June 2017. Ditto Eric Dryband for civil rights. The third is an assistant Pentagon secretary who would oversee manpower and reserve affairs. Democrats file cloture on every nominee, which kicks off 30 hours of debate, even if no senator is opposed. Do you understand this? The Democrats care about the environment. So Trump nominates Jeffrey Bossert Clark to run the Environment and Natural Resources Division of the Justice Department in June of last year, of last year. And they haven't allowed it to come to the floor for a vote. They say that every single one of the nominees that Trump has put through. Remember Richard Grinnell, the ambassador to Germany right now, who people are saying should be the ambassador of the U.N.? I would love that, by the way. Rick Grinnell's a great guy. He was the ambassador of Germany. He languished without a vote for over a year. We had no ambassador to Germany. And once he got there, boy, he has, he has whipped that continent into shape, not just Germany. He has been the, the tip of the spear for the Trump administration in undoing the, uh, the, the free-for-all that happened with regard to Iran and Germany and all these other businesses and banks and industries suddenly doing business with the terrorist mullahs of Iran because they were functioning without Trump's man in Berlin. 
They finally get Rick Grinnell as the ambassador after languishing for a year without a floor vote. He gets there, and within two months, all these businesses are divesting from Iran. Oh, we had no idea that that's what America wanted. We had no idea that's what Trump wanted. Well, yeah, it's because they didn't have his ambassador there. That's just one example. So Democrats file cloture. This is a Senate rule that can be changed and should be changed. I don't know why McConnell is allowing it to go on as far as he had. He should have just said, "Okay, we're done with this. Whenever a senator files cloture, it means it automatically uh, requires 30 hours of debate. Now, think about this. There's something like, I think, 200, uh, roughly 200 nominations right now that are languishing. For each one of them, they would require 30 hours of debate. They won't get anything else done. They won't do anything. And so and so McConnell, wanting to get stuff done, has sort of just said, OK, we're not going to put those nominations through to floor votes because we can't just halt progress because of the 30 hours of closure. And by the way, the 30 hours of debate that is triggered with every single cloture that the Democrat forces, they might not even have a rational opposition. They might not even have a reason why they oppose the person. They just want to muck up the works. They just want to slow everything to a grinding halt. Going back to the uh, editorial here at the Wall Street Journal, which is brilliant. They figure if they can't defeat nominees, they can delay and consume valuable time. Democrats have forced 117 cloture votes versus 12 in Barack Obama's first two years and four in George W. Bush's. So here we are in the first two years of the Trump presidency and Democrats have forced 117 cloture votes on his nominations. What did the Republicans do during Obama's first two years? Twelve. You don't hear about this in the media. You don't hear about this on Jimmy Kimmel. The question this month is whether Senate Democrats will accept a deal to confirm more judges and nominees, which would allow vulnerable members to return home to campaign. See, see, now McConnell's starting to, instead of just saying, screw it, we're done with this rule, which he could do, instead he's now saying... Hey, it's a nice midterm election coming up in 27 days. Be a shame if you couldn't go back to your state to campaign. Hey, Joe Manchin, I know it's, it's, it's not a long drive to West Virginia from D.C., but it'd be a real shame if I forced you to sit here for all these cloture votes in the next four weeks. Hey, Claire McCaskill, hey, you're not looking good in the polls there in Missouri. I bet you'd like to go there and press the flesh and hand out some walking around money to the voters in St. Louis. Not going to be able to do it if you're forced here to vote on all these nominees. So McConnell's playing hardball now. And he's saying, you guys want to go back? We got to make a deal on these things. Uh, let's hope Republicans extract a high price for that privilege. Some one, yeah, here it is. Here it is. I, I was looking for the number earlier. I was right. I was said it was close to 200. 198 nominations are backed up right now awaiting confirmation. There's no wonder. Can you imagine? This is the Defense Department we're talking about. This is the Pentagon. There are positions in the Pentagon right now that have been left unfilled nearly two years into this president's administration. Key positions at the Pentagon that involve national security, that involve the functioning of our military. And the Democrats don't care. 
198 nominations backed up awaiting confirmation, according to the Partnership for Public Service Tracking. The nominations range from State Department undersecretaries to Labor Department spots. Charles Stimson was nominated in June 2017 to be General Counsel of the Navy. Pausing for a moment, I know Cully Stimson. He's a great guy. I haven't really talked to him about this. We've traded texts now and again. I just say, how you doing? How you doing? You still don't have a vote, right? No, we still don't have a vote. Don't have a vote. Don't know what's going on. June of 2017, Cully Stimson was nominated to be the uh, counsel for the Department of the Navy. General counsel. That means the top lawyer for for the Navy. This is a guy who is eminently qualified. He has not only cleared committee once, he's cleared committee twice. He had to go back to committee a second time. Uh, for some I can't remember. I think they changed the makeup of the committee. He still, they won't give this man the dignity of a vote on the floor. He's a guy he's sitting there treading water right now. Am I going to be working at the Pentagon? Am I not going to be working at the Pentagon? And, and the Navy, the Wall Street Journal points out they are in urgent need for legal direction. They've got to deal with the fallout from recent ship accidents as well as lawsuits against bases in Guam and Maine. Nothing, but there's no one there to guide the ship, if I may uh, use a pun there, for the Department of the Navy. Democrats have also blocked Justin Musinich for the number two post at Treasury since his nomination in April. Treasury could use the former banker who has taught at Columbia Business School to shore up its financial crisis. Management, three appellate court and some 36 district court nominations are also awaiting a Senate floor vote. This is just one example. I've got another amazing article here that you need to hear about as well that shows you this is the resistance and how it plays out. And, and you know, listen, those senators, they like to play, you know, gentlemanly, right? They like to say, well, we're the world's greatest deliberative body. Well, we're the Senate, after all. And we're, my good friend, the great and distinguished man from New Jersey, Cory Booker, how do you say those words without throwing up in the back of your mouth a little bit? And they like to pretend that they're so congenial. They like to pretend that they treat each other like gentlemen and gentlewomen. And they follow this long tradition of rules that were set by our founding fathers. And I appreciate that. I really do. But you got to take a moment and look up at the seat there and recognize that it's not John Adams presiding over the Senate at this point. And when you look across the aisle, we're not looking at founding fathers. We're looking at Kamala Harris. And we're looking at Chuck Schumer. And they're playing hardball with our federal government. And positions that demand to be filled, not today, not tomorrow, last year. And this is the resistance party, and this is how it plays out in the United States Senate. So you wonder, geez, why isn't the government functioning as well as it could or well as it should? I'll tell you why. Because this president hasn't even been able to get his men and women in place to do the job he wants them to do. That's the resistance party, and that's why they can't win. I'm Larry O'Connor, in for the great one. It's the Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin. Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin. Spent a lot of time on that confirmation issue, but it's important, and I need you to, to share on your social media that Wall Street Journal editorial because people don't even know that this is going. 198 nominees still languishing. Uh, but I do want to get to some of your calls at 877-381-3811. We'll go to David, Silicon Valley. You only got a minute, though, David. Go fast. 
What's up, brother? Hey, we're coming to take power from you guys, so beware. You know, the, the, the people are in the streets, as they always have uh, in America, and they are continuing the legacy of proud patriots and pioneered by the Boston Tea Party who post stuff up uh, back in the day-day. All right, David, you're going to take power, are you? Absolutely, man. We're coming out to the ballots. You know, this election is coming up in three weeks. The day stock market dies. Yeah, what if you lose? What if you lose? What are you going to do? We're going to be back out in the streets, you know. Yeah, back in the streets. There you go. They're going to keep out. They think he thinks they're the sons of liberty. That's phenomenal. David, thank you. It's very illustrative. It's important that everyone hears that. See, they don't want to win power. They don't want to win an election. They want to take it. That's why they're marching. That's why they're rioting. That's why they're a mob. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Mark Levin, America's think tank. And you can call him at 877-381-3811. I'm Larry O'Connor sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. And I want to remind you to pick up Our Police by Jack Levin. That's Mark's dad. It's out October 30th. It's a beautifully uh, illustrated book and beautifully written, of course. It's about our cops. It's about the most important people that your kids are going to meet every day in their lives uh, as they're growing up in their communities. And uh, they need to hear the positive things that we all know and love about our police uh, and how important they are to our society. It's for your kids, for your grandkids. It's a great holiday present. Pre-order it now at Amazon.com. Also, uh, people are asking me about that article. I just tweeted that Wall Street Journal Journal article out at my Twitter feed, Larry O'Connor. It's Larry O'Connor with an O-R. Uh, and I do want you to please share that on your social media. People have to understand that uh, nearly 200 nominees are still languishing, many of them nominated over a year ago, and they can't get at least the basic dignity of an up or down vote on the floor of the United States Senate. Uh, also, you just heard that last caller before we uh, went to the break there, uh, David in Silicon Valley, listening, I'm assuming, on the great KSFO there out of the Bay Area, uh, uh, laughing at you. He's a, he's a lib. He's, a, he's laughing at you. He's taunting you. He's saying, we're going to take back power. And he used the word power. Did you hear that? We don't, we don't use that word, do we? We take the reins of the government. We assume the majority. We, 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 we we're not looking for power. When we get into office in the majorities of the House and Senate, our goal, if done properly, 
as a conservative is to relinquish power from the federal government and give you the power back. That's what you when you see the president's ability to deregulate so many things and cut down regulations in the EPA and in the USDA and the Interior Department and other parts of the government where they have slowly and insidiously taken so much control from you and your lives and your destinies or your state's rights to uh, run your affairs and run your lives the way that you see fit. They have been taking that and holding on to that power in Washington, D.C. That's why he used those words. It comes naturally to the left. We are going to take back power in 27 days. And if not, we will take to the streets. Well, we can't let that happen, can we? 877-381-3811. I've got one more article here that I want to uh, share with you about the insidious nature of the resistance and how it is stopping and 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 disrupting the normal function of the federal government. Uh, but I want to get you in here as well here on the Mark Levin Show. So let's start with uh, Pete in Long Island listening on the uh, historic legacy WABC. You're on the Mark Levin Show. I'm Larry O'Connor. Hey, Larry. How you doing? I just I'm want good. to say a couple of things. Mm-hmm. One, we have to take back the government, and the way to do that is protest. I go on the life to uh, the march down in Washington in January. It's a peaceful march. How many CNNs, MNNBCs, all those stations cover that march? None of them. It's a peaceful march. You got almost a million people that showed up there this past year. Yep. Okay, I've been doing it for a long time. Okay, we should march on Washington peacefully. Surprise these senators and these representatives. Not tell them when it's going to happen. <laughs> okay, go down there and get in there. The other Pete, thing, that I, I, before you do, and I, I will let you get to your other thing, but it's you know uh, you're so right in pointing out the March for Life. You know, I, I I live in Washington. I'm able to see the March for Life, and you're right. It happens usually uh, the third or fourth week of January. It's usually bitter cold out there. It is usually close to a million people. You know, you you saw the uh, video of the of the screaming memes in the streets uh, Saturday after the confirmation vote for Justice Kavanaugh, right? You saw the video coverage of that nonstop on the news. Uh, do you know how many people were actually there, Pete? Probably two hundred. It, it, nah, a little more than that. I'd say it was between a thousand and fifteen hundred. But they had the most generous camera angles on them to make it look like the streets were just just overflowing. With outrage, and 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 it wasn't. Um, but you're right. You're so right. How the March of Life doesn't March for Life doesn't get the coverage. Here's my question, though. We don't march. I mean, we we conservatives we're good for maybe one march a year, and it's the March for Life. Maybe a second march uh, uh, here and there. But usually, that's not our style, right? We don't have the big Soros groups who are handing out walking around money and passing out the pre-printed sl- signs. To march, do you, do you think we have it in us? Do you think that we'll set our jobs aside and our and our and our families aside so that we can all come to this godforsaken town, Washington D.C., and, and march? Or, or do you think well, that we let our voices be heard by actually being good Americans and living our lives? If we do not do that, we do not get down there and present our cases. These people that are voting on stuff were put in there by the people for the people not for themselves. That's one of the things that communism does. When people are put into power, they start taking away rights. And that's what people are afraid to say. 
The yeah. Democrats are no longer Democrats. Majority of them are communists. We better wake up, America. All right, Pete. Was that the second point you wanted to make? Yes, I did. Excellent. Pete in Long Island, thanks for the call. Good to hear your voice on the Mark Levin Show. How about Tom, Green Bay, Wisconsin, where my Redskins really handed your your Packers a tough one a couple of weeks ago. Tom, you're on W. Excuse me, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Yes, uh, I want you to picture an old Western you've seen in the past with an angry mob with torches marching toward a jail cell, demanding to hang a man who's actually innocent inside. That man inside was. Justice Kavanaugh, and the person that prevented it was Sheriff Trump. This was yeah, it's such a, it's, an outrage. It's a beautiful image, Tom, because that's exactly how it came down. You know, do you think there's any other Republican? Maybe Ted Cruz. Maybe Ted Cruz. But of the, of the 16, 17 Republicans running for president, I think maybe Trump and Cruz were the only ones who had the, the fortitude and the I-don't-give-a-crap attitude about the media and the left and the Democrats to have stood by Justice Kavanaugh. Do you have any doubt that any of those other Republicans would have folded like a, a, a cheap tent? I, I would have faith in uh, Tom Cotton as well. But no, oh, I would, too. Other... He just he just wasn't running last time. I was talking about the, the ones yeah. who were up. Yeah, and... no, the ones that are up. But, you know, what can we do about this angry mob? And this mob is led by Chuck Schumer. Make no mistake about it. Nobody could have made this decision except him because he had a big choice. Either he takes the chance and rolls the dice and makes an outrageous claim and, and slaughters an innocent man's reputation, or he does the reasonable thing and gets five senators who are Democrats to vote with the judge. He gambled and lost. And what's the consequence for Chuck Schumer? Kevin McCarthy's going to roll out legislation to, to, for the House of Reps to fund the wall. And all the Republican senators need to support that by going up to the microphone and saying, if we win this election... We support passing it in the Senate by simple majority. That should be the consequence for Chuck Schumer doing this filthy, nasty, evil thing that he did to Kavanaugh, because all cordiality with the Democrats is completely gone now. There's no reason to have this stupid filibuster, and Chuck Schumer needs to have his veto power with it completely taken away. Well said, Tom. Well said. You can drop the mic on that one. Except for one last question. Is your great governor, Scott Walker, going to pull this one out? The, he got a pretty good poll the other day, but it's still looking pretty close. What are you hearing on the streets? Uh, it's hard to gauge this state. This state is psycho because it, it, we had, uh, when we had our great governor, Tommy Thompson, we had horrible Democrat senators, and now we finally have a Republican um, Assembly and a Republican Senate in our state yep. and a Republican governor, but there's this tidal wave of Madison and Milwaukee, and it's counterbalanced by the other people that work in the rural areas I and know. The urban areas. But it's, it's, I think he's going to do it. I, I don't think I the hope polls so. Are that, I, I don't think the polls are accurate because people shy away from admitting they're Republicans because right. we are, you know, just going to get the lash. Well, yeah. Listen, I know what the culture is like up there. Tom in Green Bay, Wisconsin, thank you for the call. I know. I think that's that's pretty... I think that's the same pretty much everywhere in this country right now, where people, Republicans, conservatives, Trump supporters, they just keep their head down. They're not taking a call from a pollster. You don't know who's on the other end of that line. 
You don't have time. You're busy. You have a job. That's why the polls were so wrong almost every time. That's why they've been so wrong about Scott Walker in Wisconsin. From his first election to the recall election to the re-election, but Wisconsin's economy is finally booming because of the conservative policies, economic policies that Walker and the Republicans in Madison have put forth. I sure hope he wins. He's a good man. Uh, I promise you another article to show you how the resistance in its insidious way is, uh, is, is stopping and impeding the regular functions of our government. And this one, in Real Clear Investigations, this article, which I'll also share on my Twitter at Larry O'Connor, this one tells you how the hidden hand of Mike Bloomberg is behind it all. The headline is How Bloomberg Embeds Green Warriors in Blue State Governments. It's by Jeff Patch at Real Clear Investigations. It's a very well-researched investigation. It's a long article. I'll give you the synopsis of it, though. A New York University School of Law program funded by billionaire Michael Bloomberg, who, by the way, wants to be president. He's officially he will be running for the Democrats. There's going to be like 20, 25 nominees running for the Democrats. Their first debate is like in six months. It's going to be in spring of 2019. I can't wait. It's going to be phenomenal to see them all eat each other alive and try to be as socialist as possible to win the nomination. It's going to be a complete disaster for them, and I can't wait. I'm popping the popcorn now. Uh, Michael Bloomberg is placing lawyers in the offices of Democratic state attorneys general and paying them to prosecute energy companies and challenge Trump administration policies on energy and the environment. Do you understand what that opening sentence said? This is a program at the NYU School of Law. It's funded by Bloomberg, and they place lawyers in the offices of these states attorney general and, and their job, they're getting money from the NYU law program, not from the state, but they're working in the state attorney's general office to sue the Trump administration and, and energy companies. Nine states, continuing now in the article, nine states and Washington, D.C., including New York, Illinois, and Pennsylvania, are participating in a multi-million dollar program funded by the media magnate and ex-New York City mayor who re-registered as a Democrat this week amid expectations of a run for president in 2020. The 14 current fellows in the program report to the attorneys general, but they are paid by NYU's Bloomberg-funded State Energy and Environmental Impact Center. Boy, these, these, these socialist groups all have these insidious names. The State Energy and Environmental Impact Center. It's just a big slush fund to pay lawyers to disrupt the Trump administration and to make life miserable for energy companies. State AG offices hire these trained lawyers, not students, but seasoned professionals with years of experience as special assistant attorneys general. Do you see how insidious this is? They're special assistant attorneys general. They don't work for the state, but they answer to the state attorney general. Under terms of the arrangement, the fellows work solely to advance progressive environmental policy at a time when Democratic state attorneys general have investigated and sued ExxonMobil and other energy companies over alleged damage due to climate change. Although many government agencies have employees funded by outside sources, critics say using special interest money for targeted government action is inappropriate. Yeah, I'm one critic who would say that. This is outrageous. New York, Pennsylvania, are are you happy with this? Christopher Horner, a senior fellow at the Competitive Enterprise Institute who wrote a report on the NYU Center, said the fellowships come with specific strings attached. Quoting him now, the AG offices must agree to use prosecutors to advance progressive clean energy, climate change, and environmental legal positions, Horner said. 
David Hayes, the center's executive director, did not respond to multiple requests for comment. I'm sure he didn't because we got him. We got him dead to rights. We got him red-handed. Bloomberg throws millions of dollars at this NYU program. The NYU then hires attorneys, hired guns, places them in the offices of the attorney general. The attorney general doesn't come out of his budget, doesn't come out of the state budget. They answer to the attorney general, but you know whose bidding they're doing. They're not doing the bidding of you, the voter, you, the people in those states. They're doing the bidding of where the money's coming from. This program out of NYU, funded by Bloomberg, that specifically then sues ExxonMobil, Chesapeake, whatever oil company in this country, or sues the EPA and the Trump administration trying to shut down progress, trying to shut down our economy, trying to shut down fracking or oil drilling so that they can do the bidding of the well-funded environmental wackos. And this is going on in your state, and it's disrupting the progress of our federal government and the EPA that President Trump is in charge of. And why? Because they can't win at the ballot box. They can't win in the elections. And so they just throw a bunch of money at lawyers and they try to sue everybody to try to get their way and try to push their agenda. I'm Larry O'Connor. This is the Mark Levin. Mark Levin. In Duchess, New York, you are next up here on the Mark Levin Show. I'm Larry O'Connor, sitting in for the great one. Hey, Paul. Hey, Larry. How you doing? I'm good. What do you say? So listen, Larry, that clown that called up from the Silicon Valley, Dave. Yeah, he wants to, he's going to take back power. Yeah, yeah. He sounds like, by his voice, he couldn't take candy from a baby. And I'm (laughs) glad he called. I'm glad he called because I was calling to say, you know, peaceful protesting is fine, whether it's on the left or the right, as long as it's peaceful. But once mobs start breaking out and attacking people in their cars and getting into their faces, into their personal space where they feel threatened, all bets are off. Some heads need to be split open here, and I'm not kidding. You saw what happened in Portland, right? Well, I I know about what happened where the cars were attacked and some elderly people were. But I'll tell you what, people need to—I'm not kidding— put sort-off bats in your cars, pepper spray, or whatever— but when you are in a state where you where there is stand your ground, if somebody gets right into your face and you feel threatened, knock their teeth loose. I'm telling oh. you, man. Listen, I come from the Bronx. You get into my space and into my face, and I feel threatened, you're going down. And you know what? They're, what do you do with a bully? You punch him in the mouth. And these people, we're like sitting ducks. It's like we're like little flowers around the country, and we let these things happen. It's got to stop. It Paul is bringing some Bronx justice to the streets right now. And listen, this is when I see these mobs, when I see the the crap going on there, that's exactly what I think too. That's what my instinct is as well. This is what Listen, I don't want there to be violence. I don't want there to be a a, a riot in the street. But I can tell you this to to echo what Paul said, uh I'm not going to throw the first punch. But if I get pushed over, if I get confronted, If I get punched, you're going to feel my response. I think that's what most normal Americans are thinking and feeling right now. And that's exactly why 
The Democrats, the left, the media. That's why they don't even want you to call them a mob, let alone push back against the mob. I'm Larry O'Connor, and you're listening to The Mark Levin Show. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. I'm Larry O'Connor sitting in for Mark Levin today. 877-381-3811 as we talk about the fact that four weeks from tonight, four weeks from this moment right now, 28 days Mark Levin will be sitting behind this microphone talking about uh, what the next two years with the Democrats in charge of the House and or the Senate might look like. Or he will talk about the historic victories that the Republican Party enjoyed in retaining power, retaining control and majorities in the House and the Senate. It's going to go one way or the other. And and so and, and we we have to be a part of that. There's no way we can sit back and let the mob take over. And, and that's why you're seeing CNN and The Washington Post and Democrats and liberals say that you can't call them a mob when you see them taking to the streets and disrupting traffic and stopping your car from going down the street and uh, burning things on the campus of a public college because a, a conservative is about to give a speech or storming into a private restaurant. And screaming until an elected official leaves so that people can have peace. That's what they mean when they say no justice, don't pe- no peace. Take them at their words. And so now's the time to keep the mob from taking over our government. They have not earned the right to be in charge. In fact, they have earned the right to go to jail. And I would like to hear from you about uh, what you're going to do to be a part of that about keeping them from office. And and there's one other part of this that I want to discuss with you. I find it very interesting as I'm just immersing myself in election news. Uh, By the way, uh, by way of introduction, I'm a radio host in Washington, D.C. Believe it or not, we actually do have a lot of conservatives in the Washington area, a lot of Republicans, and by the way, a lot of uh, non-conservatives, even liberal Democrats who listen to my program and enjoy it. They listen to talk radio because we give them a chance to actually be a part of the conversation. Wouldn't you love to pick up the phone and tell Anderson Cooper why you think he's full of crap? Wouldn't you love to pick up the phone and tell Lester Holt how he just got that story wrong? Can't do that. Uh, But on my home station in Washington, WMAL, which is the station that Mark Levin appears on, he comes on right after me. I'm his warm-up act from 3 to 6 in the afternoon, and then he comes on right after me. Uh, He uh, Eastern time, of course. Uh, People can call in. People who disagree. I love you. You know Mark loves having people who disagree with him call in and take issue with something that he said. That's what makes talk radio so dynamic. There's nowhere else in Washington that you can get that. That's why our radio station is so popular. Uh, and, and as I immerse myself in all of this election news, immerse myself in all of the polling, which I most of it I don't believe, and all of the uh, jockeying for position between now, as we are in the home stretch here, between now and Election Day in 27 days, uh, I love sort of pausing for a moment on some of the studies that I see, some of the polls, some of the uh, analysis that I see. And I, I like to bring a lot of it up to uh, to you and have you be a part of that conversation so you can help explain why you think things are the way they are. 
Uh, and to that end, I, I am fascinated by this article that I see. It's a great website called studyfinds.org. It, it sort of aggregates and summarizes a lot of studies out there. And, 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 you know, generally speaking, I have a rule of thumb when it comes to studies, where research papers and, uh, you know, uh, well-informed, uh, uh, highbrow doctors getting together and performing a study and then coming out with results that they spit out to us and we're supposed to take them as a Bible truth. Uh, most of the time, my rule of thumb with studies is if it doesn't make common sense, I tend to not believe it. <laughs> if, if it cuts against the grain of what if I see a study and I say, well, that can't be true. That makes no sense. My entire life history and every single person I know in my life and everyone that I've ever talked to uh, informed me that that is a, a load of, of, of steaming dog dew. Uh, generally speaking, then, uh, I, I go with my instincts and I, and I disregard the study. This one, though, I find to be fascinating and I think that it makes sense. But what I'd like you to tell me is why. Why do you think this is true? American men actually favor female politicians. Over male politicians. Midterm elections are just around the corner, and so it could be a potential turn of the tide in American politics when it comes to gender, says this skewed article from studyfinds.org. A record number of women are running for Congress, and there may never be a better time for such a breakthrough. A new study finds that both men and women prefer female politicians over males. The survey of 1,400 American men and women over 18, conducted by researchers from the Stevens Institute of Technology. Now, I won't bog it down in a lot of the uh, various analyses that they do here, but I, I will point out this, because I find this to be uh, sort of the most important part. Uh, when it breaks it down between uh, Republicans and Democrats, uh, this is fascinating. Uh, Democrats, Democrat men, specifically tend to favor a female politician. Male Democrats will favor a female politician. But when it comes to Republicans, Republicans can go either way. Republican men and women are 50-50. They don't have a preference one way or the other. See, now, now me, if I'm looking at two Republican candidates and they're pretty much on paper the exact same and, and in terms of their their uh, resume, their track record, it, it's, it, it, I'd have to flip a coin between two Republican candidates and one's a man and one's a woman. I'd probably go for the chick. I'd, I'd probably put the babe up there. I don't know why. I, just got, I think it makes us look better when we have more women up there. And frankly speaking, generally speaking, for the most part, in, in the, the modern era of the Republican Party, some of the most tenacious fighters for the conservative cause have been women. I'm just more impressed by them. And I think they're used to taking the guff a little bit more and they can give it back a little bit better. I think men are, 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 uh, are too easily cowed by the media. They, oh, they don't want to be called names. They don't want to be, oh, uh, oh, oh, don't call me sexist. Don't call me racist. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that the media is my friend. For the most part, I'm speaking in general terms. That's what we do in talk radio. But women, see, for a woman to be a pro-life true red-blooded conservative woman in american politics they've heard it all and they don't give a damn really the life i've had fighting my way in the professional world being married 
for decades, raising kids, raising grand, and you think I'm going to be concerned about about uh, Don Lemon calling me a name, about Lawrence O'Donnell not approving of me? Please, I've given birth. I don't. I don't need to worry about you. I've been through it all. That I, I tend to want to put the babe in there. I, I like the chicks, generally speaking. Generally speaking, uh, but I do find it fascinating. That when it comes to Republicans and conservatives, it doesn't, they don't show a preference, which truly shows that it's the conservatives who don't judge people by their genitalia, that don't judge people by their chromosomal makeup. We actually judge people based on who they are, the character that they bring forth. Where Democrat men, they're like, oh, well, if it's a woman, you betcha, because I want to show how woke I am. I'm 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 more feminist than Alan Alda. Just wait. I'll I'll you betcha. I think that this is a way you tell me. I'm interested in your take on this. 877-381-3811. But I think that that generally speaking Democrat dudes uh they they want to show women how incredibly wonderful they are. Look at Harvey Weinstein. I mean, you couldn't have found a better Democrat than Harvey Weinstein. He exemplified personified the very model of a male Democrat in the United States of America. He gave to all the right causes. He raised money for all the right candidates. He was pro-choice. He, he's never met an abortion he hasn't liked. He made sure that he was in the forefront of every liberal cause in America because, see, that was his suit of armor. That was his protection. He was able to be as as abominable and sexist and horrible and despicable as a man can be. But as long as he gets to wear the mantle of feminist liberal Democrat who checks all the boxes on the list of the causes that you support and the candidates that you throw money at and raise money for, well, then you, you get a free pass up to a certain point. See, it makes sense to me. This is this is how Democrat dudes uh, get the babes. See, they 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 can walk into a, a coffee shop and order the right kind of latte and and wear their pro-choice buttons and have a conversation with the barista about how they're going to the uh, save the spotted whale rally tomorrow, and uh, that's their opening line. That's how they get their chicks. Most of them married, not the chicks, the dudes. But what do you think? Why do you think that is? 877-381-3811. And in general, what are you doing to keep the mob away from the reins of power 27 days from now? Let's go to Louie in Manhattan, New York, New York. A city so nice. I named it twice. You're on uh, the Mark Levin Show on WABC. What do you think? This is Louie, yeah. Hey, Louie. Yeah. yeah, hello. Yeah, I, I marched myself a number of times in Washington. Uh, and it's very, very important that we give that witness. Uh, am I? Am I on? Yes, you know, Louis. Go. This is your moment. Take it. Yeah, yeah. This is. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, it's very important because God. You know, God is not going to bless this country until we respect life. Because uh, and those innocent babies, they they can't defend themselves. They're so tiny and frail, and you know. And uh, so I'm really glad I've done it. Sometimes it was bitterly cold out there. Some 
Yeah, you're talking about the March for Life. Yeah, Louis, thank you for that call. And I I think those are sweet words about God blessing this country and how we do have to protect the unborn. And by the way, there's a good time for me to uh, plug real fast, uh, if I may, the movie uh, that's coming out this week, uh, Gosnell. Incredible movie uh, directed by my friend Nick Searcy, uh, written by my friend Andrew Clavin, and uh, starring my friend Dean Cain. That's all my friends in this movie. Uh, but they just happened to be my friends because I used to work in the entertainment business uh, out in Los Angeles, actually. And uh, and these are all some great men, great writer, great director, great actors. And it tells the story that no one wanted to tell. The media didn't even want to cover this story out of Philadelphia about this uh, horrific mass murderer, Gosnell, this abortionist. Uh, you, you, This is an incredible movie, and uh, it's coming out. And you, not only do you need to see it for the, the great drama of it, uh, and and for the great message of it, but you also need to support these movies so Hollywood gets the message that, that, that there is an audience for these movies. So make sure you see Gosnell, check your local listings for it. Um, and thank you, Louie, in Manhattan for reminding me to uh, to bring that up. How about Andy, Lumberton, Texas, listening to on the great WBAP. Hey, Andy, you're on the Mark Levin Show. I'm Larry O'Connor. Hi, Larry. Hey. Uh, first of all, I do want to say I am a veteran, and I am a patriot, and I love this country of ours, and it's really sad to see what's going on with this. There, there is no doubt it is a mob, a mob mentality. The, the left, the Democrats are supporting this, encouraging this, and it's horrible. I don't really know what they think their end game is other than grabbing control of the Senate, the Congress, uh, the House, and the White House. I get that. I know that's what they're after. But you can't release the mob. You can't release the hounds and expect them to just calm down when you get that prize. They're fanning the flames of destruction for the very fabric of this country. They they don't care about the Constitution. It's horrible. It's it's sad. And uh, it just drives me crazy. Andy, this is a brilliant, brilliant point, and we got to pause on it for a moment because you're absolutely right. Listen, their strategy is power by any means. And and that's why they're unleashing them out. But you're so right. It's not like you can then say, OK, we won the election. Everybody calm down here. No, 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 no. Th- this is, if I can use an oft-repeated phrase that you see on cable news all the time by these pundits, this is the new normal. Until the Democrats step up and say, we are willing to lose if it means we stop what we're seeing in the streets right now. We are willing to relinquish our position in the government if that means we can come back to a place of civility, that's the only thing that will stop it. And I don't think they're willing to do that. Power is too important to them. It's a great point. It's not like they're going to be able to call off the dogs. They're not. And they, and you're right. They're not going to do it. It's horrible. And I, I had not heard that clip that you played earlier that um, Eric Holder. Eric Holder. Yeah, it, uh, Andy, thank you for bringing that up, because uh, i got to take a quick break, but I wanted to play that uh, once again so everyone can hear it. This is, this is Eric Holder. This is the former attorney general under Barack Obama. He, he was the second law enforcement official, the second top law enforcement official. I was going to call him the top law enforcement official, but technically the president of the United States is. But he was, he was the duly appointed attorney general to carry out law enforcement at the federal level in this country. He was campaigning down in Georgia, I believe for the woman who's running for governor there, and here he was. They're not hiding it from you. They're Michelle telling you exactly says, who they are. I love her, you know. She and my wife like really tight, um, which always scares me and Barack. But Michelle says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. 
No. No. When they go low, we kick them. They're laughing and applauding this. Listen to that. That's what this new Democratic Party is about. That's what this new Democratic Party is about. When they go low, we kick them. And they cheer and they laugh and they applaud. And that's who they are now. There's no denying it now. At least we have clarity. So now some clarity from you. What's your response? What are you going to do? 877-381-3811. I am Larry O'Connor, and this is The Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin. Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin. 877-381-3811. Marky, Columbia, South Carolina, listening on WVOC. I'm Larry O'Connor. It's the Mark Levin Show. Hey, Marky, you're up. Marky? We lost Marky. Let's go to Matt, Brunswick, Georgia, and right next door to South Carolina, listening on WZIG. I'm Larry O'Connor. Hey, Matt. Hey, Larry. How you doing? Good. What do you say? I'd say that uh, this mob rules mentality is crazy, and that's not the way our government's set up to run. And I could never see that happening in my small town. Why's that? Um, uh, well, I got a big old four-wheel drive truck, and I think if a bunch of guys got in the street in front of me trying to block me, they might be in trouble. Oh, the violent rhetoric of the right. Matt, self-defense is a beautiful thing. 877-381-3811. In a moment, I'm going to tell you about a guy who built a bomb for our town. Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. I'm Larry O'Connor sitting in for Mark Levin. I am the afternoon host on WMAL in Washington, D.C. I'm on right before Mark Levin. I'm his warm-up back. And uh, yes, life's been good to me so far as well. Uh, A couple of quick things I want to get to, 877-381-3811. I want you to please go to Amazon.com right now and check out the brand new book, Our Police by Jack Levin. That's Mark's dad. You know, he's already written a couple of books that are just uh, phenomenal. I love hearing Mark talk about his dad's books, too. I vividly remember him talking for a a good uh, long time about the... uh, Washington Crossing the Delaware book. I remember it vividly. Uh, It's coming out October 30th. And it's so important to make sure that our children and our grandchildren, our nephews and our nieces and everyone in our lives know the real good news about the police and our society and our culture and how integral they are to a well-ordered society, how important they are to our lives. And this book covers all the different kinds of police that you might run into and see. It's a beautiful book, beautiful illustrations. It's called Our Police by Jack Levin, Mark's dad. You can order it now. I got that. I want to tell you this. Speaking of our police, our police did an incredible job today up in New York. Federal authorities, they haven't named which jurisdictions yet. I'll try to get more details on this. But I believe that this was a multi-jurisdictional effort. Uh, I know a couple of people who work in... uh, 
uh, various parts of our uh, domestic defense here in this country. I can't get too specific. Uh, gave me a bit of a heads up on this. Uh, from the AP, federal authorities have charged a New York man with building a 200-pound bomb, a 90-kilo bomb. And his plans were to detonate it on Election Day at the National Mall in Washington. You think they're playing around here? You you think that when Elizabeth Warren goes out there with a megaphone stirring up the protesters, when when Hillary Clinton says, sitting there in Oxford with Christian Amanpour on CNN, when she says that we can't return to civility until the Democrats win back the House and the Senate? You think when Maxine Waters screams, no justice, no peace, and then tells people to get in the face of Republicans and not them ha- let them have a day of peace as long as they are standing in the way of them retaining power. You think they're messing around here? You think this is just a coincidence? A man in New York was building a 200-pound bomb that he planned to detonate at the National Mall in Washington on Election Day. And then we've got Eric Holder, the former attorney general under Barack Obama, just yesterday in Georgia. Let's hear that one again. Michelle always says, Michelle Obama, I love her, you know, she and my wife like really tight, um, which always scares me and Barack. But Michelle always says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No. No. When they go low, we kick them. That's what this new Democratic Party is about. That is. Uh, don't say you weren't warned. Don't say, oh, gosh, they, they, we had no idea. They're telling you. They're literally telling you. When they go low, we kick them, says former Attorney General Eric Holder. But see, this is what comes. I remember when uh, former Mayor Rudy Giuliani of New York was running well, he wasn't running for president at this time. He was at the uh, convention, the Republican convention, uh, for John McCain. For the late John McCain. And I remember when he gave his speech and he was mocking Barack Obama. You know, and, and, he, and I remember he listed off all of the accomplishments of John McCain and all the things that John McCain had accomplished in his military life, in his civilian life, in his political life, in his public life. And then he said, and who do the Democrats have? They have a community organizer. Remember this? Remember? And, and, and Rudy laughed. He chuckled and he went, what is that? What is that? Now you know what that is. Now you know. This is community organizing. This is what comes from eight years of a community organizer in the Oval Office. Inspiring his people, his followers, to get in your face. You want to know what community organizing is? Community organizing is when they go low, we kick them. Community organizing is there will be no civility unless we win the House and the Senate. Community organizing is standing in front of somebody's house with a bullhorn, screaming at them because you're upset with the job they have. 
because they, because they work for a bank or they work for an oil company or they're a lobbyist promoting something other than killing unborn babies. The lobbyists who work for Planned Parenthood, oh, they're, they're wonderful people doing the Lord's work. But a lobbyist who wants to make fracking legal so that our economy can dominate the rest of the world and we can be energy independent, oh, no, 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 they need to be disrupted. That's community organizing. Community organizing is barging into a restaurant and screaming until an elected official has to leave. That's community organizing. That's what we're witnessing here. Don't say that it snuck up on you. Don't say that you weren't warned. But I want to remind you of the words of our president. Some of his, honestly, some of his greatest words in this soundbite from his rally Saturday night. I think that you know, I've been to a couple of his rallies. I've seen many of his speeches, and he goes and riffs. He goes off prompter, and he's uh, very entertaining when he does it, although it's kind of like being on a roller coaster ride without the seatbelts, uh, specifically the ones that go upside down. <laughs> and you got to hang on, or you're all falling out and landing on your head. Sometimes it feels like that. You're like, oh, where's he going with this? But I, I think this, this was part of the speech. And these may be some of his best lines. Here's uh, uh, the president, Saturday night. You don't hand matches to an arsonist, and you don't give power to an angry left-wing mob, and that's what they've become. The Democrats have become too extreme and too dangerous to govern. Republicans believe in the rule of law, not the rule of the mob. Boom. That's, that is the bottom line takeaway from what we saw over the last several weeks. This is what has uh, been the awakening for Republican voters who were pretty happy with the House and the Senate in their party's hands, with the White House in their hands, with all the cutting back of regulations that the president's been able to achieve, with the tax cut that got through, with the booming economy with unemployment at a, a, a low a, a level that we haven't seen since we put a man on the moon in 1969 most republicans have been like you know life's pretty good right now i don't I, why do i it's fine you know everything's good you know i don't need to now after what we've seen how they upended the rule of law how they upended the basic Western jurisprudence understanding of innocent until proven guilty, when we saw that they would stop at nothing, even accusing an innocent man of being a serial gang rapist so that they can keep power and inflict that power and their agenda on you. And then when they even lost that, they took to the streets marching, disrupting like a mob. That's been the great awakening now. Now you know. You're on notice. 27 days. The clock is ticking. In some places, you can vote now. Make sure you do it. 877-381-3AY. You can't get in. But if someone hangs up, you can get in. Let's go to Tony. Vienna, Michigan. My home state. I was born in Michigan, Tony. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Thank you so much. I'm sorry for my voice, but I'm going to do my best. But I want to start with, I want to thank God for all of you the uh, leaders, uh, the conservative leaders of the media, the talk show and uh, the Fox and all that, uh, you you guys sent by God. Thank you, God, for that. That's very and, kind, Tony. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I really mean it. And uh, the point I want to make today, sir, 
I'm very serious about it. And I know what I'm talking about. If I'm not sure, I will not say it. Okay, President Obama, uh, he is, as long as he is in existing, he is the most dangerous man uh, that in the world, you know, when it comes to America. And because he is, uh, he, he, he is like ordained, you know, a radical Islamic person. He is not, he doesn't think, I don't believe he thinks that he is a criminal. I don't believe he thinks well. he is wrong. But he really, seriously, you know, he... Uh, well, t- Tony, I'm sorry today, and you would apologize for your voice going in. I, I'm only making out, like, every few words, I, and I don't know if it's the phone connection, but I just want to make sure it's pleasant for everyone listening. But I know you wanted to raise uh, the issue of Obama, and I, and, and I think you're echoing what I said. This is These are the community organizing tactics. This is why when, his, when he won his campaign, he didn't dismantle his presidential campaign apparatus. You know that, right? It was Obama for America was, the, uh, was, was his campaign uh, uh, organization. Uh, Obama, you know, every, every candidate creates an organization, a fundraising organization, a whole structure, right? When he became president, he didn't dismantle his his fundraising capability or any of his outreach or any of the things. He just converted Obama for America to a political action committee called Organizing for America. It was still OFA. See, he could keep the same logo. Uh, it went from Obama for America to Organizing for America. It has been a constant, constant community organizing effort at the highest level with the greatest budget that any community organizing entity has ever had. And it, in, it, it literally has created an army of protesters who work every every single day. You know that woman who uh, confronted Jeff Flake in the elevator. You already know by now that she's the head of a community organizing company that's uh, partially funded by a George Soros foundation. We already know that. We talked about it from the day it happened, right? Oh, it was so organic. It was so natural. This woman stops Jeff Flake in the elevator to start yelling at him about her alleged sexual assault. Uh, here's what you may not have seen. She's making over 150 grand. that woman. She's making over 150 grand. Community organizing doesn't come cheap, but there's a whole lot of money in it right now. And they keep raising more and more and more. And they have armies that are dedicated to disrupting our society, disrupting our government, and disrupting your life. And the only way to stop them is to keep them out of power. We cannot reward these tactics. As soon as you reward, what is rewarded will be repeated. You want to stop to what you're seeing in the streets right now? You need to stop them on Election Day. Uh, Let's go to uh, Destiny, Ellicott City, Maryland. Ah, listening on my home station, WMAL. Hello, Destiny. Hi, Larry. I'm so happy to talk to you. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. I'm excited, too. (laughs) So um, I had an idea just now thinking about how to get more people to, like, kind of, like, see common sense. Okay. And be exposed to like the truth and not listen or rely on the mainstream media. And I decided I'm going to invite a bunch of my friends who are mostly liberal because, you know, DC area. Um, and I'm also a millennial, so there's that. <laughs> but oh, all right. I'm, I'm going to invite a bunch of them to listen to different talk radio shows throughout the week. And then during the weekend, we all get together and debate it and try to talk it out 
and see if they gain some sort of new perspective. Because I feel like if you're listening to talk radio right now, like you already kind of have common sense and you you already know what's going on, but it's different for people that kind of just, I don't know, that get yeah. from CNN and MSNBC and they don't know. And it's just like, that's cool. So do you think they'll be down for it? I mean, because I, I worry about millennials, that they're not really open to, you know, they're sort of in their lane, you know, and, and they just sort of like they know what they know and they're not interested. Yeah, I I have hope, though. I've had conversations recently, especially with the whole Kavanaugh thing, talking to people that are my in my age group. And a lot of them do agree that this was just like insane and just unfair. Wow. And I think that if we can kind of like get into it more and talk about more issues. I mean, it's common sense. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so frustrating. <laughs> I know, Destiny. I, I hear it in your voice. That I, that's how I feel sometimes, too. Thank God I've got uh, the time that I have with a microphone so I can vent. I don't know what it's like for you guys that don't have a radio show. Destiny, great to hear from you and uh, tell all your millennial friends uh, to, to tune in and just listen. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a great idea. Listen, I uh, listen. I'm biased because I'm in this business, but I think talk radio uh, it, it has a, an incredible, incredible reach and an incredible opportunity to really get people thinking a different way, at least thinking a second time. Uh, and to that end, I'm going to tell you a story uh, in a moment about uh, the person who got me started in this whole crazy world that I'm in right now. See, I had a, a, a former life, an old business. I used to work in the theater business, Broadway musicals, believe it or not, uh, in the management side of it. I was never on stage, uh, although I'm a fabulous dancer. Uh, and then I got pulled into the world of blogging, punditry, and talk radio by a man named Andrew Breitbart. And I'm going to tell you how that happened. And how Andrew Breitbart became a conservative in the first place, it has to do with the last time we saw a horrible, despicable, hateful injustice during a Judiciary Committee uh, confirmation of a Supreme Court justice. It was the Clarence Thomas hearings. That changed Andrew Breitbart's life. It changed my life. And it literally changed America. I'm going to tell you that story in a moment. I'm Larry O'Connor. It's the Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin. Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin, and thank you so much for spending the past three hours with us. I told you I wanted to tell you about Andrew Breitbart, what he meant to me, what he meant to this country, and how it all began. It was a 1991. He was a liberal. He used to say he was a uh, default liberal. It was his factory setting because he grew up in West Los Angeles. And he heard about this Clarence Thomas dude and how he was a sexual predator or something. So he watched the hearings and he sat there and he was like, what? Are you kidding me? How dare you, Ted Kennedy? How dare you, Joe Biden? How dare you, Democrats, besmirch this man, this man who's done everything right. He's done everything you're supposed to do to get ahead in America. And, and it's not like, I mean, at least he was the, the grandson of sharecroppers. And he pulled himself up from nothing, went to Yale Law, and now you're going to stop him because of this. And not only did he become a Republican or a conservative at that point, he was radicalized. He became an activist, and he made a point at that, that day to push back against the Democrats, to push back against the media. He even called it the Democrat media complex. And he hooked up with Matt Drudge. And worked with Matt Drudge on the Drudge Report until he started his own websites and what is now, you know, as Breitbart News. 
And along the way, he discovered and inspired multitudes of people to join this fight and push back. Dana Lash, Ben Shapiro, Kurt Schlichter, Andrew Clavin, Derek Hunter, John Nolte, Stephen Crowder, me. We're all part of that movement. And Destiny's Call reminded me that you need to be a part of that movement, too, because you just saw with Brett Kavanaugh the exact same thing happen. So are you the next Andrew Breitbart? What are you going to do? I'm Larry O'Connor. It's the Mark Levin Show.